right, everyone, welcome back to the Wagon Whip podcast. Let's bring in our guest this week, Kelly James, a musician, hey! songwriter, freestyle artist, golf influencer, Hello. all of the above. Uh, welcome, Kelly. How's it going, guys? Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. We're uh, we're sitting in Kelly's beautiful office. I'm very jealous because, uh, as Emily pointed out uh, earlier off air, like this is what I wanted to do with the office. I had I had some like favorite albums put up. I had some sports memorabilia, and now it's turning into a baby room. Oh so yeah, that's it's, all exciting things. We just yeah. finished the paint, the, the, the painting of all the walls. It's purple. Yeah, that was what he wanted his office to well, be. You know, it's the same af- thing. After It'll- two kids, take inspiration. You can get it back. Right? Yeah, exactly. Now it's a diaper changing office. It'll be great. You got <laughs> it's, it dialed it's a combo. in. Right where you're sitting, Steve. <laughs> right. No, that's that's fine. That's fine. It's my desk. Uh, so first off, Kelly. Um, just uh, for our audience who may not, uh, you know, know too much about the pro events that you do or the PGA Tour stops and 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 yourself in general, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and and kind of what you do around golf. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a musician, play guitar, sing, started writing songs when I was 14, started touring when I was 22, just graduated college, um, was playing 170 shows a year, a lot of shows that were like more revolving around action sports for Oakley, Red Bull, a bunch of other different brands, and then I was playing private shows at sorority houses and fraternity parties on the weekend. Nice, um, there you go. And then played, a, I forget what the exact event was, but played this event and you know i do this freestyle rap stuff so i call people out of the audience if somebody you know looks crazy is having fun if it's a celebrity it doesn't matter like it's who's ever like the most interesting at that point and this guy walks in he's got board shorts on sandals he's got a san diego chargers t-shirt uh long blonde hair coming out of his uh you know hat and i look at the hat and he has the titleist hat on and i'm like oh this guy and he kind of turns to the side and he has a sponsor logo on one side i'm like did you buy that on ebay like who are you like why do you have that hat on we're at the u.s open to surf like this is so stupid he'd never be allowed in a country club and so i you know kind of go back and forth with him do this whole freestyle rap thing and he comes up uh, after the show and he's like hey man that was awesome I'd love for you to uh, play my foundation event. And I'm like, you have a foundation? Like, it was Charlie Hoffman. And, uh, <laughs> and so he, uh, he was the one that really introduced me to golf. And I didn't really know much about um, the professional side of the sport. Always followed it. My parents played golf when I grew up. I had a club in my hand early, but, you know, never I never played on a golf team. I never played competitive golf or anything like that. It was always just kind of hanging out, fun with friends. And he introduced me to that world, and I started meeting all the guys and all the young players at the time, and then everybody after that. And I just saw this unbelievable game sort of like open up right in front of me. And it was just so awesome to experience it on a variety of different levels. Number one, obviously the PGA Tour, but then all the other little facets in between. I didn't know what a real, you know, traditional pro am was. I didn't know anything about how much money was truly raised through charity golf tournaments. So we've been able to kind of integrate into the game in a variety of different ways using the music, obviously, as sort of the Trojan horse to get in there. But it's just so much fun. And for us, it's just such like an enjoyable way to combine two things I love, music and this wonderful sport. Uh, that's awesome. So this is your early twenties, and you're getting introduced, and you you're going into a new world in which you barely know, like how was that going? Like how was that going to your first pro am? Like were you oh, completely shocking? <laughs> Charlie's event in general, like he, you know, I yeah, I saw him in board shorts, and I just thought it was this chill dude, and he's like, oh my, this party's so fun, and I'm like, okay, so we go down to Rancho Santa Fe. We're on the road at the time. Mind you, I'm like only playing like fraternity parties and like private shows at sorority houses. Right. Like yeah. it's just wild all the time. And then a show for Red Bull or Oakley, slide that in here, here and there, and we show up, 
and it's my band wearing jeans and a t-shirt and it's the full blue blazer crowd at this yeah, house yeah. in Ranch Santa Fe. <laughs> and I told Charlie, I'm like, I can't do this. Like, they're going to hate me. Like, this doesn't work. He's like, no, 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 it gets fun. And like, I'm like, dude, this is not fun. Like, there's no way it gets fun. Like, Come on, man. And so they do the live auction, the whole thing, and they, it, they sort of usher like the blue blazer crowd out. All the young tour pros at the time kind of change. Two buses of girls roll up to the house from like a different part of like this, this is monstrous amazing. estate, and oh the party gosh. gets so much fun. You know, I mean, yeah. and, I, and I don't know any of these guys. Like, I'm just like, man, this Dustin guy is super fun. Like, I don't, I, I don't know what he does, or you know, he's just they're just all good dudes. And you guys know, golf is just full of high character humans. The game yeah. itself yeah. breeds that kind of mentality. So you know, I would say 95% of the PGA Tour players are awesome guys they're just great to hang out with you know yes, that yeah. makes me so jealous i want to i mean i love you honey but like i just i want to hang out with a lot of these guys because no, i'm I sure they're just, like, i don't blame you with, and I don't their wives yeah. he wants to hang out with them just as much as you do yeah. okay good so um, we're all on, collectively on the same so, page so like you said like this was a new experience as in the explained have you ever like just went silent or like choked up when you were doing like a freestyle intro on the t and like just couldn't bring yourself to make a rap about somebody? And the answer is absolutely. The the I guess the piece that makes anybody a pro or, you know, semi good at their job is you just kinda do it regardless. So, you know, we talked right. about the Golden State Warriors last night. Like shoot or shoot. Like you might Hello. miss them all, but you're still shooting and you're probably gonna make a few and you it just is it. what it is. So you, you just keep it going and yeah, there's absolutely times where I'm like, I have no idea what I'm gonna say. That's what I'm thinking in the back of my head, but yeah. like the words come it out. Like you just sorta you know, Let's it go. might it Let's might go. Yeah. I might be uh, you know, ripping the cheesiest rhymes of all time, but you you, you gotta make it work. It just comes off the top of your head, right? Because like yeah. I, I've I've I I've tried to do that a couple times with some buddies. I can't do anything. I mean, it's it's like it's like got to be this art form or talent that's like a <laughs> part of the brain that it, like most people just don't have, right? I mean, it's just like you can just spit out words off off the top of your head. I think it's so talented. Yeah, it, I think it is like a it, it. I feel like it falls more in like sort of the skill uh, category, and that you can yeah. definitely learn how to do it. Um, no different than any kind of broadcast or you know hosting in that regard so practice makes better yeah and we you know if anybody's ever been in a conversation and or a presentation where you have no idea what you're going to say like right now talking into this microphone i really have no idea what i'm going to say <laughs> but i'm formulating some thought in the back of my head right, right. and as long as i can get to that thought at some point it all makes sense yeah um so the freestyle rap's the same thing you i just do it with words that rhyme and and you know take the the art form of rap music and hip-hop music and you know, combine that with a knowledge base about whatever topic it could be. Obviously, we're focusing on golf in this conversation, yeah. but it could be anything. And then the question is, how can I say something intelligent that rhymes, that's musical or funny or whatever? You know, yeah. sort of the sentiment needs to be at that moment. Yeah. But I will say this to that point where you tried it with your friends. Everybody's kind of like you sure. know, at least like in our generation, sure. like freestyle rap. What is so shocking to me is that I'll do it for like like an older demographic, you know, like that didn't grow up on hip hop music. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Um, and they will look at freestyle rap and be like, oh, you know, that, that was cool. A nice little parlor trick, eh? Yeah. And you'll be like, okay, cool. And then I'll see like the same person somewhere else, like a couple months later, like somebody I know or whatever. And they'll have like a way different appreciation for it. And I know in two seconds, I'm like, this dude, he got in his car right after we had the conversation. He tried to do it himself, and he couldn't get, couldn't get more than two lines. And then it was like, wow, this is crazy. Or people try to do it in the shower. Like I can tell when somebody who's never done it talks to me, and then they try it in, in the privacy of their own car or whatever. And then they talk to me after. It's a different, you know, a whole different, different mentality. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about your own game. 
In 2017, you gave an interview that you were a 18 handicap. Mm-hmm. I know you got some golf coming up. Yep. Have we brought that down yet? I'm an 11 now. We're okay. working on it. And man, I can I you love know, it. If, if if you glance over my left shoulder, I did just win a tournament uh, last Ooh. week. It was a member member at Bel Air Country Club. Oh. Shout out to JJ Dudum. JJ. Um, my thing is. So did you carry the team? Well, that's or did- a, it's a great great question. Because um, you know when you win a tournament, a lot of people start to scrutinize you know your game and the handicap or your sandbagger, etc. Yeah. And uh, you know. To answer the 11 handicap question, I love the game of golf. I follow it. So I'm so nerdy about it. I struggle 100 to 160 yards. Okay. I can, you know, not to go braggy, but like I'm probably more like a, I'm probably an 18 handicap in that regard. And then I'm probably maybe a four ish on the green and off the yeah. tee box. So the format of this tournament was alternate shot. We oh, ha- so we took nice. 12 of my drives, and then he's hitting approach shots 15 feet. Great caddy. We're making putts. And then it was, you know, a, a best ball scenario um, the next day. So I can, you know, I might be in my pocket four holes, right. but, like, we can throw down some pars. Yeah, and when yeah. you get that candy and you start popping and they're net birdies, four for threes. Li- li- life birdies. becomes good. Life becomes Give good. me those fours for threes. Isn't an alternate shot fun? It's a whole. I don't think we play it enough. Hashtag why the U.S. might not be as, as good at the Ryder Cup recently. But... <laughs> I mean, like, it's such fun to do that. We do that, like, once or twice a year in some tournaments, and it's it's so much fun. I agree. It's so much fun, and it's a whole different kind of pressure. Because, yeah. I, I mean... You're worrying about your partner. You're, you're really like, worried, and you're you putting your partner that. in really great spots or sometimes really bad Awful. spots. Yeah. And um, like, holy shit, I wouldn't want to shit that shot. But, <laughs> but it also makes, like, the mentality of hitting your shot, like, you get super focused because yeah. yeah. you're like, okay, he, I'm here, this happened, let's go. This I got to rectify whatever it is, or I yeah. got to capitalize on the fact that we're, you know, 300 down the middle, this, right. this needs to be close. Or, yeah, like, yeah. if you hit a bad drive and he still hits it within 10 feet, you're like, okay, let me step up and make uh, part of exactly. it, you know? So. Exactly. Yeah, it's a little. You gotta have that chemistry with whoever you're playing with too, or hopefully, a, you know, at least a good relationship, good playing relationship with them, because you can't be like, you know, you can put. Sometimes some partners can put more extra pressure on you in that format. Other times, you know, you can feel a little bit more free. So there's a whole strategy to that, and I, I, they play it in Europe all the time at certain clubs and we just don't play enough here. So what's our strategy here in the US now? I mean, we got to gear up for this Ryder Cup. We have to <laughs> we, win. We gotta, so, I mean, we got to we got to talk to the PGA, we got to talk to all these guys to make sure yeah, that who's they... the captain Stricker? Yeah. Stricker, yeah. We need to send an yeah. email right We're, now. We should Let's send it. It. we should send Steve an email be like, at, you know, lead up. We should start doing it at proams. Like you, you should start rapping about this. Like, hey guys, <laughs> get on the alternate shot. Like, let's go Wednesday. Let's get this practice in. It is it is now why not? It is it is true though. You do make a great point. I think that needs to be integrated in some some other way and why not you know they're they're experimenting with different formats obviously the zurich and new orleans yeah, now yeah. You know, right. uh, team play um why not have why not throw some one of tour it event in there? yeah or and maybe not maybe it's kind of one of those like i think there's that cbs caremark little classic thing where yeah. it's like a monday tuesday like a one-off exactly yeah. like the shark shootout or something yeah, that's something like, like that mm-hmm. why not have that do it's it in Cal- like- california in the summer because they don't really get to do it you know you don't need the craziest players but like phil's in san diego like let's do it down right. at tory in july i 100 percent agree it's but an yeah, off I mean, day, but you know what? They're, they're still practicing, and then you know, you're just getting a different way of, of uh, playing golf. I like it. Guys, we're on to something here. <laughs> Ryder Cup. We're, Ryder let's Cup. go. We're the training facility, we're, and uh, we're yeah, the think tank for the training. Let, yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> I like that. We're the think tank. They put that committee together. last. didn't work so much well last year, but you know, they can take our advice. Well, clearly, since you won this member member golf tournament, and for the the listeners, we are based in Los Angeles, and uh, we are in a beautiful home. Uh, thank you for 
opening up your home to us. Thanks for coming down. Of course. We're used to doing this in like the kitchen or I'm sitting on the floor in our office of yeah, now what is going to be the baby Very professional studio back where we're doing it. Yeah, so neat. But, I mean, so going back to the member member, like clearly you won, so you didn't choke. But can we talk about... Uh, maybe a top two or top one situation where you recall where you're like, oh my God, I cannot believe I did that and you completely choked? Oh yeah, I choke all the time in life as a metaphor. Um, <laughs> if we go the member member, I hit a couple out of bounds that really put our team in a bad spot. In terms of choking, like specifically on stage, um, <clears throat> that's a great question. Um, there's just been times and truthfully, I think, you know, I've probably played 15, 1600 shows, maybe more. Yeah. Um, I really think the bad ones I I blocked out of my brain. Sure. Like yeah. I'm sure if I sat down with some kind of like psychologist, psychiatrist vibe, <laughs> they could like get those out of me, and I'd probably start tearing up on like the ones that really <laughs> failed. Because um, I know there have been a few, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I think for the most part, no, uh, you want to block that out. Yeah, I, I yeah, short term memory, right? That's yeah. Totally, yeah, totally. Um, but the, so our podcast being called Waggle and Whiff, mm-hmm. you know, have you? whiffed a ball at any point in time do you oh, even know I have, of course <laughs> you have but, a great uh, story for that yeah i'm trying to find when i've succeeded that <laughs> <laughs> my whole life is all whips um yeah oh i mean again there's a million times um where where i've whiffed i probably whiffed on saturday uh, saturday night we uh we did an event for the golden state warriors i'm a huge warriors fan and, you know, I kind of got a freestyle about, you know, some of the players and, you know, the, the owners and players do a charity poker tournament. And, you know, the, I probably missed so many lines or just said stuff that wasn't that funny. <laughs> um, you know, a big one for me on the whiff side. First member guest I ever played in. Um, I, it was at Bel Air Country Club. And uh, Eddie Marins, who's, you know, they call him the little pro, was there. He's standing on the 10 tee box. And it's like right next to the clubhouse. For those that don't know, Bel Air has a great culture of like having fun bunch of guys a lot of smack yeah. talking cigars cocktails the whole thing so you're right there at the clubhouse and eddie's there and he presents like this little like ball marker for you and i'm like super nervous and i'm the fourth one to tee off they sort of announce who you are it's part of par, it's like a, you probably got it's like a 210 yard 220 yard shot par three over a canyon up a hill and three guys hit great shots you know like all serviceable everybody's there people are looking on and i get up there i got hybrid in my hand and i'm I'm like i got this i hit this club so well and i top the ball maybe 25 yards into the canyon and (laughs) nobody even says anything like normally like people smack talk everyone like kind of felt so bad it was more like a (gasps) and then and then eddie marins just looks at me and he's like you'll be reteeing from the other side of the canyon like get out of here kid and i just like head down walk to the other side apologize to my partner make it past the women's tee no, no. Oh, I hit the ball 25, oh, 25 yards into the canyon. And what I didn't know, which is even crazier, and for those that know Bel Air Country Club, in the canyon is the place where they do like the lunch and the big dinner and the party after. There were people oh. down there setting up lunch, and I hit one of the tables, and it was like this. I didn't even know yeah, I saw it from great. the other side. It was mortifying. <laughs> mortifying. We've all had those moments Ugh. first tee for, for sure. And then, and then now I'm the guy who raps during pro-ams where guys are, you yeah. know, under so much pressure with a PGA Tour pro looking on. And now I'm giving them crap, you know, like, oh, good, good, good. Yeah. can't hit the shot. It's unfair. So Not- let, let's go to that. Um, what's the best diss that you think you've given a PGA Tour player? Man, I mean, I've thrown out. The cool thing about it now, and I won't name names, but sure. um, the cool thing now is that guys will send me texts of stuff that has happened to their buddies uh, to get you. that only like the two of them or the four of their little crew will know. That's and good. I'll get a text in the morning. They'll know I'm doing an event. They'll either be there or won't be there. 
and I'll get a text and I'll be like, hey, you got to talk about blah, blah, blah. And what he did with blah, blah, blah. And blah, blah. And you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I'll wait. Yeah. And they'll throw, they'll give me like ex, come out of ex-girlfriend's names that yeah. broke their heart in college. Like just bad situations. And I'll kind of like, I love it's it. all, it's all, it's all jabs. And then they yeah. like start the backswing and I just drop the ex-girlfriend's name at the top. <laughs> like a name. We all have a name in our past. Course, where like yeah. if you said that name, it would kind of break your heart a little bit. Even yeah. though you think yeah. you're over it. But like, damn, that yeah, one was right. brutal. And so I'll throw that name in there and like i'll get tour players to block shots right, or good. i'll throw in like the one thing that happened yeah. in vegas that one time that only three dudes know about <laughs> in front of 40 guys and they'll just lose their mind shout out to tom lovelady and an uber driver there you go shout out uh do you have a do you have a favorite spot you guys that you stop at and do this i mean we know you do the phoenix open every year and yeah like what's, your, what's your favorite one i mean the cool thing is you know all these tournaments are so different for a variety of different reasons. So yeah. clearly you can point out Phoenix Open all yeah. day. Um, yeah. Just absolutely energy on 11, a blast all the way around, full yeah. party atmosphere. Right. Can't get better in that regard. Yeah. Um, at the same time, you know, we do it uh, We do it up in Napa at the Safeway Open. Yeah. And it's just... Wine and cheese. To- I mean, there's just a whole different Google. kind of culture and vibe. Uh, it's got the yeah. NorCal thing going on. Um, I love that up there. Um, and then, you know, we'll do it for different, you know, charity events, be it, you know, I've done it for yeah. Jordan Spieth's event. We'll do it for Stuart Sink's event, different places, different vibes. So right. it's really more about, um, it's really more about the guys, like who's yeah. playing. Um, I do one at Madison Club in Palm Springs that's pretty fun. And they, you know, roll out a nice little list of guys. So I've gotten people like Larry David. We've got, you know, you name them. They've sort of rolled through that. I like um, that. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I like that. That's awesome. Any oh, ones that well, you're looking forward to coming up in the next few weeks? Yeah, I mean, I would, I, you know, the next thing for us, I mean, I got a couple shows um, in March, but, you know, we have four shows at the Masters. And the Masters is just, you know, I've done it. This will oh, be yeah. the, uh, this will be the ninth year I've done the Masters. Nice. Um, and actually, this will be the 10th year. Um, started in 2010, so I guess technically the 10th year. Um, and we have, you know, it, it, the, the energy there is, is unlike anything else. It's so reverent. People love golf so much there. Um, it's such a special place and a special time. Um, so to be able to be on the course, kind of experience a bunch of cool little things there, and then tap into these different little events at night. We do a big show for Wheels Up on Thursday night, doing a little thing for Golf Digest, little thing for AT&T, little thing for Delta. But they all have like a different demographic and different yeah. vibe. Um, and so to be able to see like the pinnacle of golf really in the united states arguably the masters in terms of tradition everything about the tournament um and then transition that into like a party atmosphere party atmosphere it's so what is that like what's the what's the party like at a lot a lot of dudes it's a lot of dudes yeah yeah, it's like 90 (laughs) not a lot of it's like 101 percent dudes um no it's like probably 90 percent dudes Uh, yeah (laughs) i mean that's 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 what you're gonna get to be expected yeah i feel like yeah I mean, yeah, and this one specifically, though. I mean, there's not a lot of uh, the uh, Coachella crowd isn't rolling out to Augusta no. in April. Um, oh, that's very true. Uh, but so, it, but it's still unbelievable, and it's really, again, the beauty of the Masters, uh, which makes it, in my opinion, so much different than any other tournament, is the fact that the reverence and the appreciation for the game, specifically in the United States, is unmatched. The, yeah. I mean, the. the uh, the Augusta national members do such a good job with the tradition piece. And I know that's easy to say, and it's so obvious. Cliche. But but it it really is. But it's so difficult to actually maintain and truthfully, like, grow every year. Like, it only gets better. It only gets, um, you know, 
interesting in a variety of different ways. So to your point earlier, to actually be able to feel that during the day, everybody is so honored to be there. I don't care right. who you are, what CEO of what Fortune oh, 100 so cool. company yeah. uh, you, you, you're involved with. This is a special time. And then to kind of transition into the party at night is, is cool. That's you wonderful. have to like you have to go to it to understand. Yeah, it, yeah. And, and again, another super cliche thing. Ooh, once you see it, it's a and it really is. And if you if you you know been to any other sporting events, there's a lot of great powerful moments. Kentucky Derby is amazing. Uh, you know, uh, Super Bowls are amazing. You know, March Madness Final Four is amazing. Right. In my you know humble and probably uh, uninformed opinion, for the most part, you know um, maybe a I, little biased. I think, so. I think I think I think the Masters is is you know it's got to be top three. I'm sure there's some Formula One stuff that's pretty special around the world. I know MotoGP in Spain's unbelievable, yeah. but you know I don't know what beats the Masters. Like when you walk through those gates, yeah, uh, we haven't we got to get there. We haven't been. Yeah. I, I, I I whiffed speaking of whiffing on an invitation last year, and I just I didn't go, which was really dumb of me. I, I, I would say, especially with the people you guys know, and if, you know any listeners out there, if you get the opportunity, it's it's almost worth just going. Like just almost like even if you don't have a badge, even if you if you know a couple people or you have an opportunity to go stay out. in Atlanta and be out there, like magical things happen. Like yeah. there's so much that goes on outside the gates. There's so many ways where like badges pop up and you're able to do oh, it. Yeah. And truthfully, kind of being there, it, it, you can be, you don't need to go inside the gates to have a really good time. There's so many other opportunities on the hospitality side to like enjoy the masters and, and what's around it. That's um, amazing. That's great. You know, That's great information. It's awesome information. I mean, I'm just going back a little bit just to Phoenix Open. I've never been. And so back in October or November, we were all talking on this podcast saying like, oh, we're going to go. We're going to go waste management because that was your first time too, right? Um, Scotty? No. No. Oh, just mine. But But I was all excited. (laughs) It was just mine. And I was all excited because I was like, yes, we're going to, we're going to get just drunk and it's gonna be wasted management and then here i am pregnant but, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and i get to see it. but just experiencing just the the atmosphere and just everything that was going on i was only there for saturday but just mm-hmm. to be in it great to be on 16 like, that was so much fun. on 16 there's no shortage of women at that tournament no, no, no shortage definitely there. not I was in awe by the outfits. A lot of great outfits. A lot of them they need to hand out some uh, master's invitations at the Phoenix Open. Just, <laughs> set, just for ratio purposes. There you go. Yeah, that's there a good you idea. Go. <laughs> Obviously, having such a close relationship, um, what does golf mean to you? Golf for me is, um, there, there's a couple things that I think golf is unbelievable um, as it relates to just people in general. Number one, and I know we sort of touched on it when we were talking before, but the handicap system to me is the most special piece of golf. And I think that every other aspect of golf really revolves off of, or, you know, is, is sort of based off of the handicap system in that golf is a game. Unlike truthfully any other game where two people, no matter what skill level, no matter where they rank, uh, you know, in terms of physical prowess and all these other little attributes can play a game on completely equal terms. Like, the handicap system, if done right, if managed correctly, allows me to play head up against Tiger Woods for $10,000 a hole. And truthfully, it should be a very fair match. Yeah. If, if he's right. playing to a true handicap and I'm playing to a true handicap, it should be a completely fair match. Yeah. Theoretically, we should both tie. Yeah. And then the beauty of golf is who's ever better on that day is going to win. Sure. So that's what makes it so special to me. So number one, it's like sort of the inclusive nature, even though golf sort of gets pegged as this very exclusive um you know, sport, which at times it can be for a variety of other reasons, but it's actually a very inclusive, inclusive. sport, almost maybe the most inclusive sport on planet Earth. 
or game for that matter. Because of that, you know, I think, you know, when you ask me what golf means, yeah. golf is, you know, the time where you can play a game with anybody, have competition, have a, a mental battle, have a physical battle, have a strategic battle, and it can be any experience you want it to be. You can go to El Dorado and Cabo and have, you know, 11 cocktails and do it that <laughs> way in barefoot, in, in barefoot I no shirt do on, that so bad. board shorts, or you can go to Augusta National and you can play golf that way and have just the most mind-blowing experience so to me golf and i know it's sort of i guess the antithesis of how golf is framed but to me golf means like like inclusion like i can go play with my dad i can go play with my buddy i can go play with a tour pro and we can all have a really great time i can go play with my wife i can go play with my son and we can play play a game and then you can also not play a game you can just enjoy you know hitting great shots and using your physical ability mixed with a little bit of you know strategy and um you know whatever other elements you want to throw in there and you can still have a great time that's me you could even sit on a golf cart at some of these courses even if you're not playing and have a good time just taking pictures (laughs) i mean i laugh about it all the time you know we played uh, i played cow club for the first time up in san francisco yesterday and um you know I'm just uh, it, golf blows my mind. Surfing kind of blows my mind to a certain extent. Like I'm like, why are there like uh, you know 50 people waiting or you know bobbing know up and down the ocean on these little pieces of fiberglass in you know black neoprene waiting <laughs> yeah. for? Waiting I mean, it's like way. yeah, it's just like there's elements where Say I look around loud. and I'm like, what are we doing? Like this is crazy, <laughs> and no one's talking to each other because you know when it gets a little higher intensity, like it's super serious. Golf's kind of the same way. Like yesterday, we're just walking around this beautiful park in San Francisco. And we're like smacking around a little white ball, just playing a game, and just yeah. like, what? This is amazing! It's just amazing. <laughs> That's great. You, uh, so you mentioned surfing. You're a surfer. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that sort of that lifestyle sort of combine and roll over into golf a little bit? And yeah. Talk a little bit about that. No, unequivocally, and and there's so many elements of surfing that are transferable to golf, and yeah, you know, with without a doubt, and you know, you can mathematically pointed in one direction kelly slater was the guy that connected surfing and golf yes surfers played golf before yes golfers tried to surf before sure but kelly slater was it was and is the linchpin between those two things um you know he was the one who when they would go to name the tour stop and they had you know lay days where there's no you know the competition's off he'd be going and teeing it up he'd be going and teeing it up in in oahu and really got into the game he probably got into the game you know in a variety of other ways. I think it might have even been Benji Weatherly that introduced him to it. But he was the one that drove it. So all these surfers wanted to play golf. And then there's a bunch of golfers that are really good surfers, like Adam Scott, really good surfer. Yeah. Uh, Rafa cabrera Bale, really good surfer. Yeah. Um, a couple other dudes that stand up paddle and do uh, you know a bunch of other water sport activities. So you get patience in there. You get technical skill. It's it's really, you know, surfing's a mind game. Like it's, it's, it's a lot about like sort of the – underneath elements of math like golf is mm-hmm. that yeah. you have to apply in an instant um and again it's an individual sport you know there's so many pieces where surfing is very very similar uh to golf yeah. and uh so I, I i love where those two intersect my holy grail day is surf golf music if the, oh. you know i don't get many of those days oh, like to surf in the morning or play golf in the morning then surf and play a show it that's just great. my trifecta. my soul that's the, my soul just starts beaming at 10 that's o'clock the full at night. trifecta, trifecta. Um, I don't like that. What? Uh, so, what's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite place you haven't played, or what's on the bucket list? I know you've played yeah. everywhere. I really haven't. I, truthfully, I haven't played anywhere, uh, everywhere, and like a lot of places that I um, 
have always heard about, you know, I haven't even been able to sort of mentally figure out what the strategy is to go so try to get, get it done. I mean, you know, again, who yeah. wouldn't want to go play the old course St. Andrews? Right. Like, you know, um, uh, there's so many spots. I would love to play Chicago Golf Club. Never played there. Yeah. Um, I truthfully, I I've been to the to to the places in in Long Island and like you know mm. actually gone to clubhouse and gone to lunch or whatever. <laughs> but I I played zero golf in, in Long Island, so no Shinnecock, no uh, you know, Sabonic, no Sabonic, no Friars Head, you know, no no. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, uh, national. Uh, yeah, yeah. You hear so many good things about you know all that stuff. So to me, there's so much golf to be played. But I guess so that's sort of places. the same with everybody. And I see it. I see it with guys who <clears throat> play a lot of golf, and then they do more of like the international exploration. Where yeah. like you know, my pops is like a crazy golfer, and like now it's about like New Zealand and Portugal yeah. and Argentina awesome. and Japan Sweet. and it never you know, stops. Never yeah. stops. Well, that I, I was going to ask about that, like how doing what you've been doing and over the last however umpteen years, have you had the opportunity to go international and then also kind of piggyback and golf? Yeah, so I'm, you know, for me, golf, you know, I guess. I really didn't start playing and taking it seriously probably until three years ago. So when you know I was a twenty handicap, probably when I did the interview, maybe got down to an eighteen. I'm down to an eleven now. Um, but I would always like kind of turn and turn down the pro am invites. Like I play a show on Tuesday night, and they'd be like, "Stay for the prom on Wednesday." I'd be like, "I'm gonna fly home. I'm good." Yeah. It was just, it was never a right. focus of mine. To me, it was about music and the shows. That was you know when you're playing yeah. 170 a year, sure. it's hard to like say, yeah. "Oh yeah, let me wake up early, play for four and a half hours, and then have the energy to go play a show that night." Especially as a twenty handicap yeah. for the high handicaps yeah. out there like me, you all know how much of a grind golf can be sometimes, and <laughs> yeah. mentally and physically demoralizing. You have to remind yourself it's fun. There you go. There you go. Of it, there I'll you get go. Down. Well, you look good when you play. I don't, you know, <laughs> my, my, my 20 was an ugly 20. Um, but yeah, so I think that, you know, now definitely taking advantage more of those special experiences. I'm going to, I'm going to go to Ireland this summer and play. Nice. I'll play a little bit of music at this thing uh, at Waterville and then I'll play around there. But Amazing. previously, I probably would have said no in general yeah. to, the, uh, to the show and the trip and all that. Um, and even if I did go do the music piece, I, I Five years ago, I would probably wouldn't have played golf. I would have done something else, or I, I don't know. I would have. I just golf wouldn't have been the priority in terms of playing, just because I wasn't that good, and I had so many other things going. But now it's it's really it's it's the focus. That's great. It's 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 great to see how that comes full circle too, because I mean I see so many people now getting involved later in life too. Like I was able to start as a teenager, but like you know, it's just great to see that you see these worlds intersecting music golf surfing like all this stuff and it's, it's great to see that we had the chance to go to ireland last year awesome. um yeah. and we played waterville it's a great track you're yeah. gonna love it put the ball as hard as you can okay <laughs> it's it's slow as shit on those greens but it's just that course not all the others but yeah. that that course is it's a great classic course um what else we got scotty um i mean just a couple more and get you out um you kind of alluded to it, uh, but morning golf or twilight golf, if you had to pick. Oh, twilight, not even a question. Okay, yeah. I don't. Like mor- I don't like mornings in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, the w- piece of surfing that I just hate so much it's is that. Well, uh, you know, there's. Why is mi- it gotta be in the break of dawn? Yeah, dawn patrol just. Oh God, it's like. But the waves are the best sick. then. Right? Waves are the best. Zero yeah. wind. I mean, it just is what it is. But yeah, yeah. Twi- twilight everything for that matter. <laughs> Twi- yeah, you know? Twilight is the best time to be. I agree with you. That's the best time. See, to be I like the sure. early. I want. I like the seven a.m. pegging the ground. Oh yeah, but, really? tw- but Twilight. I just feel like Twilight. You can seven a.m. pegging the ground. Like 
sure you can like go bloody marys and all that but like mm, it's 7 a.m you know <laughs> twilight anything's possible True. you got dinner right after it's the end of the day you were productive oh. earlier than the day you can just sort of wash it all away at 7 a.m i'm thinking about the rest of my day yeah so i'm like oh god you're not this you, and that yeah. I'm, I'm not, not cracking ipas no and- yeah <laughs> Yeah. Well, 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 sometimes. I mean, well, I'm not drinking uh, vodka vodkas at sure. uh, no, it's <laughs> Bloody Marys and Baileys and coffee. Yeah. Give me some like country jams and some like and some you listen to music when you play? Um yeah, oh, for sure. I mean it obviously it depends where 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 I'm at, but yeah, I do I do enjoy listening to music. Definitely what? mellows uh, me out and keeps uh What's your playlist going. like? Uh, it's a great question. Depends on how I'm playing. Okay. Uh, I usually like to start my go-to start. If we're just gonna go, I go Bob Marley because it kind of chills me out. I do like a little Spotify hey, Bob Marley too. vibe. If I'm playing at a place where it's like borderline, maybe music should be played here or not. But it's kind of on that tweener sort of side. Yeah. Um, I go Frank Sinatra. A little Frank Sinatra. Ooh, we got a little Dean Martin in there, like a classic little spot. Um, so yeah, you can't. Yeah, like at Monterey Peninsula, you know, you're kind of out there. There, you're not yeah. going to bother people. So mm-hmm. I'll throw like just the phone in the golf cart, right. and little Frank Sinatra that like, sort of gets me in the zone. And then we got to like figure out how we're playing. Sometimes we got to flip it to hip hop, get focused, get like a little bo- like if I'm lazy, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, or if I just need to chill out, you know. We and we're in, playing somewhere sunny and beautiful. You got to go Jack Johnson. Oh, got to yeah. get that singer songwriter vibe, vibe in there. Yeah, yep. yep. I like it. Um, you know, and then obviously you gotta. I so I got. I'm looking in the office. I'm I'm looking at a pair of orange golf pants right now. <laughs> I'm a huge Fowler homer yeah. myself. So no, tell just... us a story about how you got those babies. Yeah. So I uh, I met Rick early, early, early on in his career. I don't know how many tournaments he had under his belt, but I don't think it was many. Um, so those were uh, those were the pants he wore on Sundays for uh, for his first year on tour. He won Rookie of the Year, and um, we just it, it was cool because. You know, I, I met him at Charlie Hoffman's, I want to say, was the first time, you know, one of his early foundation events. And, you know, Fowler, you know, he just, he, he was, just looked like one of my friends. It wasn't like that blue blazer crowd I talked about that was, you know, 25 years older than me at the time. Right. So we just started talking and hang out. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people, um, you know, have seen, you know, a lot of elements of his personality, but he is one of the nicest humans on planet Earth. He's funny. He's, you know, he's just so laid back and chill. Um, so we just started, you know, talking, kind of started hanging out at different events. And we created a relationship where, like, we just see each other at a bunch of places. And, you know, I, I won't talk to him for a couple months. And then we'll see each other. And it's just, you know, it's it, it's always um, it's always good because I think both of us have known each other for so long. Um, and I saw kind of, you know, a lot of his early sort of rise, which right, was special. Right. Um, he's got a great family. I played his... Uh, sister's wedding i'm gonna play his wedding this year cool. i mean oh, it's just yeah great. just such a good dude so i uh, i keep it up in the office it was cool for him to to send that and that's uh, really cool and yeah. to paint the picture for those listeners it's saying it's to my boys uh singing on stage with you at the bird's nest is definitely up there as a Ooh. career highlight for me career what? highlight at the time same hey, you know? uh, and then sweet caroline so i yeah. I assume you guys sung. You got great eyes because oh, yeah. I can't yeah. read. I can't read that. Yeah, <laughs> I look forward to to more. I will say uh, he times. was one of the guys in so many uh, regards that have. He's really paved the way for this next generation. Young kids. Awesome. And, and and they're not even quote unquote that much younger. But like, if you really you know, if you talk to a, a, a Spieth or a Justin Thomas, like. They were watching Fowler when they were in college or right. seniors in high school. Like there was a there was a little gap in there where he yeah. was the guy. Yeah. But mm-hmm. he he's pushed the envelope in terms of fashion. He's pushed the envelope in terms of like 
he might be the most likable guy on the PGA Tour, yeah. just in terms of the players, about like being cool with everybody. Yeah. He's definitely up there on in terms of fan engagement and interaction, and all those guys have followed suit and really taken a lot from a really great example. And it's it's really, you know, he has a lot to, um, to get credited for in that regard yeah. because, you know, certain guys that are the, the pinnacle of the game, they sort of lead the next generation, you know, Basketball players are looking at Kobe. Then they look at LeBron. Now they're looking at you know, is it KD or who's the next guy? You know, who's ever in that in that lane? Is it Kyrie? Yeah. Um, and Fowler was was a great great addition to the game of golf, um, and and sort of set the stage for this you know younger generation of, of tour players coming up right now. Right, I agree. I was gonna throw one in because you were talking NBA. I was like, you don't mean it's Lonzo Ball? Hey, you know, <laughs> kind of kidding. You know. I, LeVar is my... Uh, Jesus. LeVar? What? Where does that come from? Well, he was talking NBA Lonzo? players, and he was uh, saying yeah, well, who's, who's trudging the way for the future, and he's a young kid. Know. You give me a lot of shit on this podcast. I'm going to give you shit about that one. Like, Lonzo Ball, you don't just throw him out there with, like, KD and LeBron. I was watching the game the other night, and he was sitting next to LeBron, and I'm like, what are those two guys doing? You can't even stay healthy. Well, I heard, I heard the sponsor for the show next uh, podcast is Big Baller Brands. So <laughs> I guess not. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> They, there's no cash, but they Maybe. can pay you in shoes. That's, that's exactly. true. And we'll get them in a year. Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's too funny. So, Wh- go, go ahead, Steve. No, no okay. What's your, so, you mentioned Bel Air. What's your, what's your favorite course to play in L.A.? We're an L.A.-based podcast. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm a member of Bel Air, so obviously I'm biased there. But um, I understand how Riviera sort of gets the top nod. Yeah. Um, if we're talking pure, pure golf, mm-hmm. um, I get it. For, for, for my taste and... I don't know. I I think it's L.A. North. I I just like L.A. North in terms of golf, golf. Sure. But I totally understand the argument for Riviera. To me, the best hang is Bel Air, and for it's sure. like you no know question. the best combination of like membership and golf course and yeah. hang and food and all the stuff you want. I yeah. I, I love, love Bel Air. It's mm-hmm. beautiful, mm-hmm. but they don't have a pool. L.A. doesn't have a pool. Riviera doesn't have a pool. I know. Brent Brentwood is a college well, swimmer, so you yeah. know, she's, yeah. she's got to make the comment uh, about the pool. Like, then know. join Brentwood. Uh, <laughs> well, isn't this a golf podcast? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Exactly. No, but I mean, and, and really, I mean, but tr- tr- truthfully, um, you know, that that is a uh, that is something that gets brought up. I, I, I know for sure at Bel Air, and I'm sure at all the other country clubs is like, this is a golf club, yeah, you know, and they want to keep it a golf yeah, club. Right. But I'm with you. I, I love a good little swim. I like uh, I like the ability for kiddos to to have swim team and do all this stuff. So I'm with you. Um, at the same time, I do. But you know, I like you're going to play golf. Yeah, I like the golf club. You know, you're yeah, there exactly. to play golf, and it's cool to keep the culture that way and exactly. and the focus that way. Otherwise, it's you know you can let things sort of slide off the uh, you know the the rails in terms of focus yeah. on what what are we here for, you know. And yeah. and that is to enjoy golf and then like kick it back, there you hang, go. have there a few go. after you play or during and then after. But Brentwood Country Club's got a great pool. They do. They got yeah. a great pool. Shout out to Miles Rogers. Oh, uh, Hillcrest has a great pool. There Miles Rogers. Yeah. Hillcrest is getting redone. You like the Bel Air just got redone. That's Bel Air did get redone. You like in the new design, new. Yeah, I didn't have a ton of data points for the course before. Like I said, yeah. you know, I've, I've you know really been focusing probably in the last three, four years on playing the game, a ton of yeah. like being um, aware of that kind of stuff as opposed to just going out and hanging with the boys and yeah. you know, it right, doesn't right. matter. Um, but I, I love the redo. I think the course is great. Um, I, I like, I understand how a lot of people are like, oh, but the, you know, 
the old one had X, X, and, and X, and I know the sort of uh, thing of the day is to, uh, you know, remove a ton of trees for a variety of reasons. So clearly, you know, they went with that um, design element, allegedly, you know, bring it back to the original design. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's a case on both sides, but I love it. Super fun. Um, you know, all the people I brought out, um, you know, they, they've had a blast, probably in the... Uh, worst uh new member thing you could do in terms of like oh yeah really uh keeping a low profile and it just worked out schedule wise it had nothing to do with anything but um, i called the pro shop and uh, you know i just joined and i'm like hey uh, what's like the guest policy you know on a saturday like oh well you can bring uh three guests and i'm like okay cool um there's no tea times there but you kind of got to let them know when you have guests so i'm like i was i have a you know a couple guests to to bring on saturday like great okay give me the name so i have them at the the gate and i'm like um a Ricky Fowler. The guy was like, for real? Like, I was, I'm like, no, no, he's actually coming if that's cool. Yeah. I don't really know. So not the best look to bring uh, uh, Ricky Fowler as your first guest, just first. in terms of keeping the low profile. <laughs> and no, nobody better than Rick. I mean, you know, taking pictures, signing, doing whatever anybody wanted. He was absolutely amazing. Um, but it's probably not what a new member of any country club that's should do. Like, <laughs> it's like, but it's like, who's this guy bringing <laughs> Fowler as his first guest? Like, what a knob. <laughs> Yeah, it's, but it's kind of cool too. Right. I don't know. No, super cool. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like that's your right. thing. Yeah, but n- not the uh, not the most low pro- profile. Everybody knows you thing. as the guy that brought yeah, exactly, exactly. for the first time <laughs> as a new member. So let's uh, shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about your music because you know, yeah. other than freestyling at pro ams, like you've got some great music out there. Tell us a little bit about like what you've been doing recently and and what's what's new. Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, I, I used to do the traditional touring model. Put out, you know, a. a, a couple batches of music early on in my career it's something that i haven't focused on recently which has probably been you know fully my fault i had kids i was you know i still play 100 shows a year so the bandwidth isn't there i I write a little bit for tv and film um we're rescoring some stuff for baywatch right now so when projects like that pop up you know we'll do it you know we're we work on like a, a bunch of little things we scored a couple independent films um and and you know the creative outlet sort of been there my piece when it comes down to like the raw creation is i get to freestyle rap and make up songs every night so the inherent um need to quote unquote create which so many artists have i think we as an artist everybody has it i get to do it every single night i do it in the highest pressure situations with truthfully the biggest payoff that's so instant you know you get the the crowd so for me to like go and flip it and be like oh i'm gonna go write songs um there is that rub um especially with little kids running around and all the other pieces but with that said um you know i'm going to the studio tonight working on a different batch of new songs i have a bunch of stuff um in the can already it's just really more about release schedule and figuring out the best way to sort of push it so um yeah it new music is coming i promise uh it's just it's been a minute probably five years at this point um but uh but that's cool i mean i think it's it's music's in such a uh, an interesting spot right and it's so cool that you've been able to make i i guess a life out of you know touring around playing these events and just really live shows and mm-hmm. golf and proams and everything else and it's a, it's it's a grind and it's it's I would, I would imagine very, very tough as an original artist to like get out there and so uh, and and write and make money off of selling music at this point. It's like yeah, I this mean, game's completely changed. One hundred percent. You know, it's a uh, without going into a rant about the <laughs> business state of the music industry. Right, it's right. very, very difficult to make a living purely off original music, which is kind of sad because yeah. you know we're we've kind of crushed a, a generation of artists, and 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 I don't 
you know, because people would argue, well, there's no more music than there's ever been. Fact. Yeah. It's easier to distribute than it ever has been in the history of music. Right. Fact. Yeah. Easier to market music than it ever has been for free in the history of music. Fact. However, right. um, we have this saturation where everybody's making music. You know, yeah. we can all make them on laptops right now. Theoretically, could make a hit song and film a hit video in 24 hours and have it distributed globally. With that said, that's really cool, and all the fans will get like an unbelievable piece of art. The question is, like, does that artist have the ability to sustain themselves, specifically monetize financially, it. and monetize it for, yeah. for the long term? And probably more often than not, the answer is absolutely no. Um, which is a sad thing, you know. It's 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 one thing to have all these artists that are so talented making the music, yeah. and and uh, you know, I, I include myself, us as fans, we get to benefit in so many ways. I still am baffled at Spotify. It makes right. me so happy. I just love the service so much. Flew back from Northern California last night. Was able to dive back down into catalogs of bands and random songs that I yeah. had listened to when I was a kid. At the click of a button, yeah. But at the same time, like new artists, how do you make money? Like, where's yeah. the re- where does where does the real uh, intersection of this art and commerce happen and yeah. it doesn't happen very often and a lot and it doesn't really happen on a big scale so we're sort of churning through a lot of artists right now so to go back to me and you know what you had said before the place where I found number one that I could succeed number two where I could really monetize was the live shows yeah. and I always came at it as uh, you know, a performer at least with the mentality of like, this isn't my show. It's not my show. I know my name might be on this thing somewhere or when we did the traditional route, it might be, you know, attached to my name in some regard, but it's the fan show. It's yeah. the uh, audience's show. It's yeah. If it's a corporation, it's their show yeah. and it's my job to just entertain. entertain. Like, yep. let's have fun. I, I played fraternity parties. That was my thing. Like, yeah. it was just about like, you know, 300 people at a fraternity at Miami of Ohio in Oxford, Ohio, just having yeah. fun. Like, yeah. let's go. It was about Michigan H- State and just oh, a crew H- that, yeah. you know, let's just have fun. So what can I play for them to have fun? If I go play in the South, obviously I got to play more country songs. If I'm playing West Coast right. and we're playing, you know, again, at San Diego State, we're playing like more hip hop stuff. Yeah, like, right. it's just, there's demographics. You just want people to have fun so yeah mine was i'm an entertainer i just want to make sure people have fun at the show it's awesome and it just worked out where the commerce is is yeah. pretty favorable in that and regard. like i said you've been able to yeah just just make a career out of it which is which is great um and i not to get too deep into the music thing but i have like my own opinions on it too it's like spotify i totally agree with you it's like it makes me the happiest person ever and mm-hmm. sometimes it makes me a little sad because i remember like if you remember i used to have like every we all used to have collections of music whether it be cds or even in even in itunes like uh-huh. i used to have like the same songs i had a i had a library of music and you can sort of build that on spotify but a lot of times i'm listening to my discover playlist or i'm listening to like zach brown radio or i'm listening to some of these other things and i'll, I'll find a new artist that i like and i just download that one song mm-hmm. and i never check out the album nope. and that's crazy like i used to have these album <laughs> collections and I, yeah. I think that again that's like you mentioned like intersecting and it's 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 tough to see where like music goes from there in terms of being able to monetize it but yeah. it's it's just interesting and but. it's hard to like really you know because there's so much music and so many different artists and especially you know you can create it so easily that like there's a lot of kind of copycat sound alike so yeah. you can get a whole if you like trap music if you like singer songwriter if you like country you can get a whole batch that all sound the same so yep. to your point on the album side it's really hard to like dive deep into an artist 
and then go follow follow up with it on a variety of levels. Right. Specifically, go see them live or buy merch or the other pieces that would help them monetize and help them sustain a financial career. Right, traditional. Um, so yeah, we're, we're in an interesting spot right so now. So speaking of um, seeing artists live, when and where are we going to be able to see you? So one thing you know that I decided when my wife got pregnant with our first uh, child was I was playing the traditional touring stuff and all that. And I did, you know, I could never really sell like meaningful tickets in every single market. Like I just didn't have that kind of fan base. Um, so I switched everything over to just private shows. All right. So I play 100 private shows a year. Um, and I thought it was actually going to hurt the, yeah. the overall business. To me, it was like, okay, cool. This is, you know, it's just a yeah. better, it's a better business model, but it's yeah. going to kind of hurt the whole thing. And it actually created scarcity um, that actually added value to the show because yeah. I wasn't playing in Indianapolis right. and then trying to go play another event right, private. Right. People are like, well, we already kind of saw it or we know you're playing here and here and here. To me, it was just like, I play private shows. Oh, if, if you can't get, if you're not invited to the party, sorry, you don't get to see <laughs> yeah, it. Like, right. And I hate to make it like exclusive it. like that, but th- that was the only way I could sort of sustain, yeah. um, number one, a lifestyle for myself just in terms of not going and playing 170, right. 190 shows. I mean, there's bands out there that are 210, 220. Because you got to do yeah. the touring model. Like, yeah. You can't sell a thousand plus a market at least. Like that's the very bottom. Really 5,000 is a number where like the metrics start to make sense and it scales. If you're not doing that, it, it's it's tough. It's, it's tough. a tough life. It's yeah. just tough, especially with children and, and a family, and yeah. you know, trying to maintain a balance with everything else in your life. So, just private shows, I guess. Right. So, kinda, what private party are we coming to? You, no, just, <laughs> you name we got to get to a pro. Let's go to the, come to the master. No, come to the master. Right? Come to the master. <laughs> so, um, bringing a full circle back to golf, if there was one thing that you could change about the game or mm-hmm. about your play or no not your play just about golf in general what would it be not to put you on the spot but yeah if there was one thing i would change number one i would change how uh the tv experience of golf is portrayed to the um to the viewer i think that golf is very exciting i know that they tried and i think it was great a lot of, there was a lot of different feedback but i thought what they did with the match with tiger and phil again you can rip it apart in a hundred ways. I understand that, but what they were trying to do to make you know this progressive push into a new viewer experience for golf yeah. um, was very important. I think that NBA is getting better. Football is clearly getting better. I mean, all the different angles, all the different you know pieces. Totally, yeah. you name it. From even just the. Uh, TV providers, you look at how direct TV is like catering now to fantasy football and all these things, right. like engaging the viewer. Yep. Uh, golf is still very traditional, I think, just physically how it's shot. Um, it, it, if you're not a golfer, it's, it, there's a disconnect. Like a, a, a casual or maybe even a non fan of football still finds himself watching football sometimes. Right. Um, you know, engaged on a Sunday, seeing what could happen, what's going on, all the little pieces. I think that golf, um, and I know it's hard, but I know that I think they need to figure out a different way to shoot it so that golf can broaden its reach to casual fans, maybe even fans that don't play the sport. Like, yeah. how can NBA, how can NFL be so engaging to people that, you know, specifically women that maybe never even played NFL football but are still engaged in that game it's just a game golf's just as exciting so we got to give uh if you ask me change golf i would say let's shoot it better let's engage the viewer better um so that we can broaden the reach of the game okay i like i I also think access is a huge part of that too right Mm -hmm. because like the one of the my favorite things about golf broadcasts right now 
is when I can hear the caddy and the player yep. conversing about a shot. It's great. I mean, totally. you know, and I, I totally get why players don't want to be mic'd up the entire time because mm-hmm. I, I, I can understand that. Sure. But I think any level of, like, you know, tour cooperation, players co- cooperation to get that to fans, it's – and I think people like Ricky are actually bringing that to the game a little bit more, a little bit more openness, a little bit more – you can kind of realize, mm-hmm. you know, that when you are providing content, when you're featured, it, it promotes you, your brand, it promotes the game. Yeah, and even so, if like you know on a tournament they said okay cool, on hole six, seven, and eighteen you're gonna be mic'd up the whole time. Yeah, and you know that, and and you have a tour official yeah, remind you when yeah. you get on the tee box like hey you guys are mic'd up for these next two holes just want to make you aware of that. And these dudes know when the camera guys behind you they know sure. that they're being filmed and, yeah. and recorded. Um, so I you know I think that th- there's got to be something. Uh, like I said, I think the match was great at pushing the limits of how we can view this game, you yeah. know? And eventually live betting and all these yeah. other pieces, oh, yeah. fantasy football-esque type stuff, um, red zone, if you will, are going to come into play. Um, I also think that, you know, if they have cameras on every hole, like we should be able to follow the people that we want to follow um, yeah. so that you can become... Just do a but if, player if, channel. Yeah, but if you can, if you can, you know, buy a package on uh, Directv that says, "I just want to see the uh, Milwaukee Brewers. I want to see all right. you know 160 games." You can buy that. Why can't I see every single shot that Charlie Hoffman hits or yeah. Ryan Blom hits or Ricky Barnes? Like, why yeah. can't I see those? Yeah. But I only get to see Ricky Barnes when he's top ten in right. tournament or lead. I mean, I just don't get. To, I want to see all his it shots. Okay. So, yeah. and outside of outside of Tiger, like. You only see the guys that are playing well. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And guys might have favorite guys. And even I get bummed sometimes when there's like a marquee player that, that isn't playing well. Like, you know, I, I want to see. Yeah. You know, we saw Jordan Spieth shoot 81 at Riviera, which is like something he would never do. He had right. a bad day. I would love to see, yeah. though, how he rebounds for that. I want to see, like, I just want to follow him. Like, yeah. Just to see yeah. how it was. And not to go watch the bloodbath, but like, yeah. love how he plays the game. Want to see the, the, the places where he made triple and then comes back and make birdie. Right. But we can't see that on the traditional broadcast because they're focused on JT and JB Holmes and their little you know run for the for the for the or, title. Exactly. There. And sometimes sometimes seeing the bad shots for a fan like even not that you just want to watch the bloodbath, but sometimes you you really gain an understanding and education about how a pro golfer really gets around Absolutely. the golf course. And you have to like you know again all of us playing a little bit of golf ourselves. Even especially in stroke play events, if we play in stroke play tournaments, you don't realize like sometimes you get a grind over a grind. double bogey. And, and get and, and make a six or know that you can't three putt for eight you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. it's it's a grind to be able to do what those guys do so I think I think that's another point is that like you know you get you get a real full example of you know what it takes to be a professional golfer yeah the other piece you know and again I know it's sort of cliche they obviously had that play nine campaign um, you know just about you know going and playing nine holes I know it's so simple but really just getting people out there number one number two. I, you know, I know it's not traditional, but I like the bigger holes. I just like making the game more accessible for kids, for fun, yeah. for yeah. just people that aren't that good. At first tee. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of the people that are making decisions are low handicaps, um, yeah. but they don't know, you know, again, like we talked about before, I was a 20. Like, it's when you go play as a 20, and listeners out there who are know what I'm talking about, and you go to a country club and you're a guest of someone and you're a 20, you get out of that car in the parking lot and you're nervous. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it doesn't feel good and it really is a bummer to suck and the odds of you sucking are pretty high um so just to go and enjoy golf in different ways where it doesn't matter how good or bad you are um that you can go and enjoy it in a certain capacity there's a little nine hole course right here in manhattan beach that's 600 yards from the house 
where anything goes and it can yeah. be you can make it as tough as you want and you know change the rules in terms of whoever you're playing with you know, we can only hit 60 degrees and you can bring a 60 degree and a putter and you can play that way or you can just go and have a blast with you know kids and whatnot so i think accessibility to your point um is is something i would change and yeah. i think that starts with uh, how we watch it on TV, make it more accessible, and then the physical game itself. Like, how do we make it more accessible to the twenty handicap? Yeah, yeah, and like playing different games like that's a great way because yeah. you just you know it, it just showcases kind of different things and getting people comfortable. And you know, I totally agree with all that. I, I try to throw jams on the first tee, you know, no matter where I'm playing. Not that I've had the pleasure of playing Augusta or some like like a really privileged, uh, you know, a really high end country club, but it's uh, it's just. I find that it relaxes everybody in the group and it's fun. Yeah. 100%. All right. Well, so where can we find you on, on IG and Twitter? Where can our followers get you? Yeah. Um, Instagram is probably the spot. That's where I put the most uh, effort into at least. Um, <laughs> I'm not huge, huge, huge social media dude. So I maybe a post a day max. Um, but Kelly James music is the Instagram handle. K E L E Y. Um, and you know, for me, the, uh, the, next batch of music and the you know next sort of 18 months will be interesting and i hope to like be able to sort of capture it all or at least highlight pieces of it through through instagram so awesome amazing well kelly james thank you so much for thanks for having us yeah we've gone 56 minutes here it's been awesome in the <laughs> office here thanks kelly thanks a lot man 100 thank Take you care. Thanks. Bye. Don't forget to find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review. Waggle and Whiff. Uh, you can also follow us on Spotify, uh, Waggle and Whiff, and then on our social channels. Reach out to us. Uh, waggle the letter N Whiff Pod on Instagram and Waggle and Whiff on Twitter. So reach out. <laughs> <laughs>